Hi, welcome to Speak and Be Heard, episode two. Yeah, we got renewed. Okay, so in this episode, we'll be talking about fusion or confusion, and where we will fuse our confusion about the fusion schedule. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're you're laughing at home. Okay. Anyways, we'll also be talking a little bit about sports, both in and out of the school. I'm David Morrison. I'm Adrian Silberman. I'm TJ Peterson. And joining us today is Corey Flamin. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, then let's get started with the segment. This is a cage match. In one corner, we have myself and TJ for the schedule, and in another, we have Corey and Adrian against the schedule. This be- battle is going to be more real than any WWE match you'll watch on TV these days. And just like WWE, it'll be on pay-per-view. Well, this is free, so I guess not. But moving on. The fusion schedule, unless you've been ditching school all year, uh, you've experienced the schedule. Um, a lot of students like it, a lot of students don't. Um, uh, what's unique about the schedule is it combines two very common types of schedules. The just a simple 50 minutes of class, that you have every class every day. But also, an also commonly used schedule, the block schedule, which has double length classes and not every class every day. Um, one of my criticisms with the schedule is how it affects lunch. Instead of three lunch periods, there are only two lunch periods, meaning half the school has to fit in that lunch room in a 50-minute period. Yeah, I agree. I mean, our school, in terms of student population, is growing. I mean, we have a lot of international students and a lot more regular students that don't board here. And so, you know, our student body is bigger, so shrinking into another lunch period is not healthy. Well, true, it is getting kind of filled up in there, but it's a big lunchroom, and I've honestly had problems. Like, I don't, I don't buy lunch, so I guess I don't have to go through those lines. But. And lunch isn't a main concern of mine either, mainly because we don't go to school to eat lunch. We go to school to take our classes, and what we, what we get from our classes is infinitely more important than that. Right, but I mean, we can't deny that we do go to lunch. I mean, it is still a problem regardless if that's the priority or not. If you don't eat lunch, you'll be brain dead for the second half of the school day. But with the longer Tuesday and Wednesday classes, I think that the teachers have infinitely more to gain, considering on shorter class days, which are 50 minutes, it takes about five minutes to get everybody to sit down and stop talking to their friends. Then they have to get everything started with the lesson plan, and then at the end, the last five minutes of class, everybody's just packing up and waiting by the door. And with the extra time in the period, those factors are still going to be as long as if they were on a normal day. So there's overall more discussion and weight about the topics of the learning, and not so much just, okay, let's get into class and waste as much time as we can and get out. The double class periods, it does benefit some classes. Um, however, like uh, chemistry and, let's say, art, you can accomplish these projects with the longer class time, but some of the more let's say, boring classes to some, like math, that can be boring to some, the longer periods are not going to make it any more interesting. In fact, it might just make it worse. Well, you may have those longer boring periods, but you've also got the classes that you actually like that are longer. With the longer classes that are harder, let's say you have like an AP class, and they're talking about something and you're not sure how well you understand it, and it might be pretty confusing, then the teacher will have a longer time to make sure that everybody understands something something they may have devoted more time to might have been easier for the students to grasp in a lesser time period. It's overall more flexible. I also like to add that with one day essentially being split up into two, you've got more time to do your homework. Because for that time, you got all the new classes. 
I agree with that about having extra time to do homework, but at the same time, you know, most teachers, they assign extra or double homework because you have the two nights to do it. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I like when I'm doing my homework, I sit down and I like to get it done in one shot. I don't like to split it up if I don't have to. So that doesn't give me a pain. One thing I want to bring up now, what do we think about a shorter Wednesday, but all the other days are like 5, 10, 15 minutes longer? I do like the shorter Wednesdays, mainly because it gives me more time to rest before the new episode of South Park. And I, I am fine with the shorter days. It's more time to do homework, a little, a uh, few less classes. I don't mind getting out a little bit later on most days because I am not a morning person, so that little bit of extra time sleeping is always good. See, I'd have to disagree with that because, you know, I'm not a morning person either, but as long as I can get myself out of bed and get going, you know, there's only, I, I have a lot of stuff to do after school, you know, I have stuff, I have homework, so it would be nicer to get home quicker, and, you know, by the time I get home, it's already 4, 4.30, it's pretty late to be getting home from school and starting or I would care more about school ending earlier than beginning earlier. Wednesdays are short days, but every so often we're going to have the Fridays that are even shorter. I do not like these half days, what do you guys think? So generally, I like the fusion schedule. I would have to disagree with the half-day philosophy. If they want to cut off some class time Fridays, they should just have, say, one day where we don't have school as opposed to three half, so-called half days, which are more like two-thirds. I just don't think you can really teach a class in a half an hour. Yeah, a lot of teachers lose the motivation. And, you know, yet another product of the fusion schedule is how, you know, these long days now have been kind of, you know, marked as being special or more important than other days in that, you know, obviously if you miss your hour and a half class, God forbid you do, you know, you're way behind. So whenever we have stuff come up, you know, whether it be a lightning alarm or, you know, school play, you can't, can't ever miss a Tuesday or Wednesday now. It makes a lot of confusion about which days we're well, I think it's easier for the teachers to plan out a longer day, so the longer days actually will go in favor of the students because they can get the material to them a little bit easier. You brought up the lightning alarm, Corey, and with the lightning alarm, last year, if you got a lightning alarm, you were missing several classes, but with the lightning alarm this year, you're not missing nearly as much. Unless it's on a regular day, but we're not talking about that. With the old lightning policy, like, that we had last year, it wouldn't work well with this year's schedule, but now that they've changed it, it could work a little bit better. Although I do agree that it would be better to miss a longer one period than three regular size periods. It's overall not good to miss a long period in any circumstance. They did just update the lightning policy for the school. Not many changes, though, regarding how it affects your school day. It's pretty much the same lockdown. Moving on from that, once again, advisory is different this year, and it still is massively hated. I don't know if there's honestly a single student in this school who appreciates the continuing return of advisory. Advisory is good in concept and on paper. Uh, it, in execution, though, it can be a lot better. Well, I think it's like the first time since middle school that it's almost like the way it's done is better than it has been in the last few years. Still not the best, but better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, having it factored into the schedule is a little, you know, weird and confusing sometimes. The concept is not so horrible, but I really think the execution can be a lot better. I agree. Although I did enjoy the trivia a little bit, it's just not enough to have 30 minutes of total randomness that is completely irrelevant, academically speaking. 
So let's talk about our feelings and worry about the dangers of bullying. I do like how they factored lunch into advisory, though, so it's all a great sitting together, so you can really just sit with all your friends. It seems like you would complain about that mainly because you were complaining how they were trying to fit half the school into one lunch period every time, but that's even worse considering that they have an overlapping period where everybody's in lunch at once, and that gets just completely cramped. True, you do have a point there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the lunch system, obviously, it's a little chaotic every day, but especially on Wednesdays when we have advisory, it's, it's just completely chaos. I prefer the system that is used on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Kind of hit or miss. Alright then, let's close things off with a recap. Adrian? I think the schedule was great on concept and paper when they were planning it out, but they should have tested it more over the summer because when the school year began, there were uh, many flaws that they had to correct in the first few weeks, which made everything even more confusing. I kind of like the new schedule. Like, with the Tuesday and Wednesday being essentially one day split up, you got more of a leisurely place. Plus, I'd like to bring out the point that speaking be heard gets lots of benefits from a longer period. That is true, and we will be editing this in our longer period tomorrow. I would also like to mention that we have two days to do our homework when we have these longer periods, Tuesday and Wednesday. Right, and then, you know, while those are good points, the longer periods, sitting in class for an hour and a half is really fun for some of your more boring classes, and your schedule with different days throughout the week. So there you have it, confusion or confusion. You decide. Alright, now we're moving on to sports with Corey Flamin. Uh, he'll be, even though the rest of us will be coming in from time to time, he's the ringleader here. This is the part of the recording where I take a nap, so enjoy. Alright, you know, um, our school's football team is doing pretty well. So far, we're 6-2. and two. Um, Last Friday, they had a game against at Inland Grove, and they won 34-0, so that's pretty impressive. Um, as for rushing, Chris Lyle had 10 attempts for 78 yards. Uh, Brandon Dowdy had went 12 for 18 with 218 yards and one interception, pretty impressive. And Ethan Grant had two receptions for 83 yards. So an all-around great effort by the Eagles to shut out Andrew Grove. And you know, so far in the year, they're six and two. They had a tough loss to American Heritage, that was a pretty close game. And their other loss was to Pahokee, which they really hung tough in that game, which was really impressive because Pahokee is nationally recognized at the beginning of the year. They were ranked in the top 25 in the country, so I don't think many people expected them to win, but they really, really proved that they are legitimate. And American Heritage has been strong throughout. They've always been very tough competition. We've come close with them a lot of times where we've been a fundamentally worse team, but it's not really a surprise to lose to them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for them because I feel like expectations are too high this year. We had a great season last year, went undefeated. And, you know, we lost a couple of our best players in Victor Keys and Jordan Batts. And, I mean, we're still a really great team, 6-2, especially considering that one of our, our two losses were to such great teams. It's really impressive, but I feel people might be a little let down because of last year's. It looks like the team's doing really well so far. How do you think they're going to do for the rest of the season? All right, so, you know, as far as the rest of the season, um, this coming Friday on October 30th, we are playing Cardinal Newman at home. It's actually when we have the War of the Wings before the game. Then we are playing at Club Springs Charter, which we played at Crumbway High. And then last we have Doral Academy at home, which will be our homecoming. 
game. Those three games, um, you know, they shouldn't be too big of a challenge. I think we should be able to finish the season pretty strong at nine and two, and we should have a good shot at you know, running playoffs. Well, what do you think is the worst that we can do and still get in the playoffs? You know, I really don't know. It's kind of hard to gauge for high school football because it fluctuates all the time. But I think we have a pretty good shot. Well, it looks like our Eagles are doing very well right now. But Corey, can you tell us what are the top five surprises of the NFL season so far? Surprises of the NFL season through the first seven weeks. At number five, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last year, they won the Super Bowl and were the heavy favorite to repeat this year. And at the end of the offseason, Ben Roethlisberger has to go through a whole sexual assault lawsuit scandal. Kind of was a big distraction for the team. And then they uh, lose Troy Polamalu, they're one of their best defensive players, to a big knee injury in the first few games. So, and they're they're really not doing terrible, but they're not what people like me defend the chance that many thought they would. At number four, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, they've been kind of up and down in the past years. They've never really been dominant. And then over the offseason, they lose T.J. Huzmanzada, one of their best wide receivers, to you know free agency signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Many thought the Chattos Ocho Cinco would get traded, but they stayed in there, and he's kind of poisoned that locker room. And then uh, Carson Palmer is coming off a big injury from last year, so they really looked like a mess. But now they're 5-2, and two, and they're leading the AFC North. So very impressive. At number three, we have the Minnesota Vikings. More importantly, just Brett Favre in general. Everyone knows the story of Favre. He was a legend for the Packers, then he decides to retire. It's very sad, and there was a whole big dramatic saga. He ends up going to New York to play for the Jets. He doesn't play very well. They miss the playoffs. He retires again. No one really cares. Then he decides to have a whole other saga. Comes back with the Minnesota Vikings, who are the Packers' biggest rivals. And everyone pretty much can tell that he just wants to get back at the Packers for siding with Aaron Rodgers. Not only did he return with the rival Vikings, um, he returned after training camp, which is the one part of the preseason that all the players hate doing. Um, you know, it's tough workouts. They have to stay in college dorms if you're not comfortable, and they just don't like it. He gets to skip that. And also, he had already told the team he was not returning, and then he ended up reneging on that statement. So I thought there was going to be big chemistry problems in that locker room, but they are 6-1, and one, and wouldn't be shocked if they do amazing. And at number two, we have the Denver Broncos. Josh McDaniels comes in as the rookie head coach. He used to be an assistant in Bill Belichick's Patriots staff, and he gets in a big spat with Jay Cutler, who was their Pro Bowl quarterback, and ends up trading him to Chicago for Kyle Orton, who has really been nothing special his career so far for the Bears. And he was constantly fighting with Brandon Marshall, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league, and of suspending him in the preseason. They were a complete wreck. I would not have been surprised if they went 0-16. They are 6-0, and including wins at Cincinnati, versus Dallas, versus New England, McDaniels' whole team, and at San Diego. So they are really one of the best teams in the league and completely shocking. And at number one, biggest surprise in the NFL season is the Tennessee Titans. Last year, they were 13-3 under the leadership of Kerry Collins. They started out 10-0, and they won the division, one of the best teams in the league. This year, they are 0-6 so far. They're absolutely horrible. They might make a switch to Vince Young at their quarterback, but they, they're just looking hopeless and terrible, and they're one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst team. And they, they're just abysmal, and no one really can figure towards why. But they're definitely the biggest surprise of the year, being the first from last year. They have nowhere to go but up, but still, worst team in the league. That'll be. And that's it. Oh, it's been a good episode. Thanks for joining us, Corey. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And now for another top five. This week's top five. Top five things we stole. Number five. The top five. Number four is Condon's Condon Show.
three, the past 20 minutes of your time. Number two, the amazing sound effect. And number one, of course, would be... David Morrison, you're under arrest for the theft of... You'll never tell your lie. Every episode of Speaking Me Heard takes a lot of time and effort and a lot of people to come to the complete amazingness you see before you today. First off, we'd like to thank Corey Flamin for guest starring in today's episode. And I'm sure you want to know what songs we used in the episode because if not, we'd be sued. First off, the introduction is Constant Motion by Dream Theater. The transition between the fusion debate and sports is Bastards of Young by The Replacements. The various sound effects that are money-related are from the song Money by Pink Floyd. I'm sure you've never heard of them. And finally, at the end, the song Been Caught Stealing by Jane's Addiction is used. We'd also like to thank Ms. Condon's conch shell for being a good conch shell. And thank you to Ms. Brockwell for letting us use her room as a recording studio. And, of course, let us not forget the listeners. All three of you.